tell you, I should have stayed home and played with myself. Our high school guidance counselor used to ask us what you would do if you had a million dollars. Didn't have to work. And then invariably, whatever you'd say, that was supposed to be your career. So if you wanted to fix old cars, then you're supposed to be an auto mechanic. So what did you say? I never had an answer. I guess that's why I'm working at Inatech. No, you're working at Inatech because that question is bull to begin with. If everyone listened to her, there'd be no janitors because no one would clean up if they had a million dollars. If I had a million dollars. If I had a million dollars. Talking about millions of dollars. What would you do if you had a million dollars? I'll tell you what I'd do, man. Two chicks at the same time, man. We're living in a material world and I am a material girl. Or boy. Well, what about you now? What would you do? Besides two chicks at the same time? Well, yeah. Nothing. Nothing, huh? I would relax. I would sit on my ass all day. I would do nothing. Well, you don't need a million dollars to do nothing, man. Take a look at my cousin. He's broke. Don't do If I had a million dollars... Hello and welcome back to Stats and Jacks. I'm Tim O. Matt Byrne on the board. SB Futures down 8 a quarter. And NASDAQ Futures up down 62. Just after a big update yesterday. This is before the uh, big labor number comes out today, which we will, of course, talk about. Uh, at, at, at length after 7.30 when it comes out. We're looking for 250,000 jobs, at least that's the estimate. So that's where that all is. Do we have Mr. Kevin? You do. How are you, Good bud? Morning. What's the word? Doing okay. Arriving in the best economy ever, so says um, the pre- uh, White House press secretary. So does everybody on CNBC. So there. Cool. All right, consensus. That's what we like. Everybody wants... I think we're going to find that the Fed has put some more money back in. That we're we're now we're, we've been beating up on them. Do you realize that this inflation has turned the corner? It's now for a time to Fed uh, if they're going to do this 0.75, if they insist on that, to get interest rates all the way up to two and a quarter when the inflation's like ten or more. If they insist on that, we can for sure browbeat them by September to do no more because we are so giddy with these <coughs> low interest rates for people who can get them. And money coming to the system and people that own the assets and the stocks going up, even though they haven't for the last six months. we got to put a stop to that and we got to turn this bus around because that's the way it ought to be. Yeah, so there you go. We're so screwed. Yeah. we're. Uh, it's uh, interesting, but, you know, you, you look at some of the definitions. And yesterday the number was, now I don't know, what, I don't know when the, uh, I should know, but I don't know when the next, uh, the official estimate of second quarter GDP is the Atlanta Fed still at minus two, I believe, and they're not always right, you know. So, so it's not, uh, but they're you know. Plus, it's really really hard to try and figure out what nominal is versus real with the with the amount of inflation in the system. Um, so who knows what they'll come up with? I mean, their deflator is five point four. It should be like eight, you know. So you got that sort of going for you. But there's every you know everything is uh, it is it is somewhat stunning. Uh, well, a lot of things are stunning to me, Kevin, but it's stunning when people come out with a piece of economic history and they say, well, you know, this is, because this happened this way this time, this is historically, Kevin, it's always the narrowest sliver of history. <laughs> you could possibly, you, 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 could, you could possibly, Jesus, Kevin had to visit the can four times in one day in eight, 1984, and boy, the next day the market was up by 40%. You're like, okay. I'm not exactly sure what the connection is there, but it's, it's, a, it's a hell of a burden for the rest of your life to have to go squeeze one out on demand. Oh yeah, it's, it's like, like what the hell? I mean, uh, so I think you know. It, by the way, no, nobody likes to talk about the history of economics more than I do, but I think Kevin, I've come to a real 
mainly because of the, the mavens I talk to on the show all the time. Everything is always different. Because we had three people in a row yesterday just, just mouthing off about how there's no way you can have a recession when you have a 3.6% unemployment rate. And oh, by the way, you have uh, you know 90 bazillion job openings, if you believe that. And I go, you know, this is today's world. I mean, back in the 70s and the 80s, if you had, quote, a job, you probably got paid enough to where you were, even the lower level ones, you were somewhat okay. I mean, if you made, you know, 30000 well, and And even that, Tom, isn't, isn't the point I would make. The point I would make is that, yeah, how many people have just opted out? Well, my, my point is... So, so what's, what's the non-employed rate, not the unemployed, you know, the unemployed as we define it? And, uh, and, and that's a much different, uh, much different number. Well, that actually has been coming back a little bit. We'll, we'll see today if it has the, the column of we don't know what they're doing thing. We're never going to cut back any amount of people who retired. Those people, those people have long since sailed, right? I mean, they're going to get paid for somebody else for the rest of their life. Uh, but uh, part I'm getting to is if, is if if you're making forty grand, okay, and all of a sudden this year your prices are fifteen percent higher, which I think they are, and now you're making forty-two grand. I'm sorry, you're in a recession, even though if you're some big schmuck on CNBC, hey, the guy's got a job. What's he What's he bitching about? I mean, they think if you're making two bucks an hour, you should be okay and, ever, and happy. But obviously, they've never been in. You could easily be in a salaried recession, right? Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I mean, one is, I mean, if, if you if you're home making nothing, yeah, I guess you're recession or depression. If you're working making not enough, I'm not talking about enough to be wealthy. I mean, how, how many people today? Uh, you know, <laughs> I know a hell of a lot of them. How many people today? have worked well never didn't have what we would consider to be a reasonable job and will and will never be able to afford a new car at these prices 80% 70% 60 maybe I'm too high how does how when your median income is I'll be nice they they say it's 37,000 and that clock if it's if it's 40 if it's 40 how the hell do you ever what's the median car now 40 38 how do, how do you ever, how is a car a year's pay, for God's sake? Yeah, and, and so, let's, so let's pile on on that one and say not only can you not afford a new car, you're going to buy a used car and you're going to finance it, which means you're probably going to be underwater immediately uh, on it. Although now they have gap insurance so that you can, uh, you know, they can sell you something else in the F&I office. Um, but... Uh, you know, you, you're immediately, uh, you know, you, you've lost value. It's you, you've made a, uh, you, you made a decision that standalone is not economical. It's not a good economic decision, but of course, it is a good economic decision in the fact that, uh, by by nature of the idea that you you need transportation, you have to get to work somehow. Well, yeah, and I think I was never well. I was actually pretty good at math when I was very young, but I sure as hell forgot it quick enough, Kevin. Uh, some stuff I didn't, but I sure as hell forgot the calculus. Boy, oh boy, year after I was done with that, I couldn't have done a problem if my life depended on it. Talk about something if you don't. And I don't need it for what I do, yeah. so I'm good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, if, if you talk about something if you don't use, you lose. I mean, that that's blue. Uh, anyway, the we were discussing uh, one of the ladies here in the office. Uh, Audrey's friends were saying, well, Audrey's you know she does rental properties too once in a while, doesn't really like doing them, but she does. And a lot of people now. 
that the rent can is only a third of can only be a third of your salary. All right, so I was mentioning that here, and the lady in the office area, a very bright lady, she says, "Well, you know, that's always been the guideline uh, is thirty, you know, thirty percent of your your income should go towards your rent." And I said, Ariel, it's always it's always been the guideline and the and the common sense guideline, but when when your when your rents were twelve hundred a month, I guess you wanted somebody of of a of a class, for lack of a better term, that made thirty six hundred a month. Okay, and so which is which is what? That's uh say thirty five hundred a month would be uh what thirty six plus six you're forty two thousand a year, which. You know, which is slightly above median, right? And but but a decent job and blah blah blah, and uh, that makes sense. Well, if if you raise your rent <laughs> to twenty five hundred because you can, it would be really nice if you were to take everybody in the country from forty thousand a year to now what are we talking? Uh, seventy five hundred a month, which is now what seventy eighty four thousand plus another six. 90 grand a year. Well, you you can't wave a wand and do that, right? The the math is the, the math really sticks sticks it at the poor guy trying to rent. Okay, you raise you doubled your rent and now you want me to go from 40,000 a year to 75. Well, I'd be happy to do that. You know, but, but how the hell do I do that exactly? Right? I mean, the math Oh, you just do. You just do, Tom. Yeah, you just do. I mean, and while you're at it, go buy an electric car because that's green. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do a, a brand new one. You know, I, I love that. You get you know, you get politicians and, and administration people say, Yeah, we'll just go electric. You go electric. Yeah. You know, you go ahead and go electric, but I can't afford it. By the way, what is the uh what's the I, I imagine, I don't I don't know, I'm so I'm hearing I'm thinking off the top of my head again. I imagine if you're gonna charge your car in a reasonable manner, you're gonna want a, a two twenty hookup in the garage, right? Um is that a special I guess my point is, what does it cost somebody, Joe electri- electrician? I'm actually not a bad electrician, but I wouldn't know how to do something. Probably like that. a few thousand. I I have two. I had two twenty service um, pulled into uh, my place back when I um, uh, when I owned the uh, grooming business, and uh, it, you know they uh, it cost it cost several thousand dollars. Well, you must that, have, and that was fifteen twenty years ago. What kind of a oh were you? That's your place now. You probably didn't. They probably didn't have two twenty when you moved in. No, they did not. Well, you know, there's there's really no such thing as two twenty. It, it just means you have two one ten lines that you put in series instead of individual. Uh, however, they did it. You know, yes. Two twenty two forty. Out of my uh, skill set, so I didn't ask questions. What the guy in the movie say? Two twenty two forty, whatever it takes, or something like that. Yeah. Well, and 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 whatever it is, um, I am. You know, I, I I probably really need to get a gas generator because uh, we do lose power on occasion. You know, the infrastructure here where I am is not the same as uh, what you what I'm used to from my days in suburbia. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, what now? Are you going to get the uh, Taj Mahal model where it senses no power and it turns on by itself, or are you going to get the one where you got to go out and turn it on yourself? Uh, I I would probably get the uh, Taj Mahal model, but the question is, you know, do I do I need to build out? For um, you know, to live normally, or do I need to build out to run the furnace, uh, air conditioner, and the freezer, and a few lights? Yeah, don't forget the fridge. And, and the fridge, yes. So you probably could do two lines, you know, maybe two or three. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, in, in other words, what I'm saying is, 
as, as someone who's done a lot of disaster planning in my day, you, you size it to do uh, to do what you need to do to, to stay operational. Also, don't forget the TV. Yeah, don't forget TV, Matt says. Um, no, don't forget the Internet. Oh, you can't forget that. And either. I can stream if I want to. Exactly. Oh, good. Oh, good. Um, speaking of, of, of compartmentalizing, one of my uh, clients when we first started the firm back in the 90s, he had this incredible house in Chandler, Arizona, Kevin. And there, I mean, you're, you, had to, you have to really worry about your your uh, electric bill even then, right? And he had this gorgeous place, you know, it was pretty well sized. It was pretty good size, pretty sizey. And out of every room, there was a, a screened-in porch. So wherever room you were, you could go out and hang on the porch if you wanted uh, without worrying about, you know, bugs coming out, even though there's hardly any bugs in Arizona, or at least there weren't in those days. And uh, they had a design so you could, in, in the hottest days in the summer, you could you could cut off with insulation in the walls virtually every room except the master bedroom, the living room, and the kitchen. So we didn't have guests or enough people. You literally had to had air condition maybe three rooms. It was pretty neat. That yeah, kind of, I mean, it was you know whoever designed it did a nice job, but it was pretty neat. The last thing you want to do is be air conditioning like a, you know. A four thousand square foot house or eight thousand square foot house in Arizona in the summertime. So I mean, you can you can use yeah, your probably head. not. No, you can use your head on some of this stuff. Uh, so what do you think about this guy getting shot in Japan? Is the whole world going nuts? Uh, pretty much, yeah. I don't. Uh, you always seem like and, and yeah. I, it's it's like everything else, though. I want to wait and hear the story. I, I don't. I really don't want to react until I hear, you know, why did the guy shoot him? What was that about? He had a grudge um, against him. He was in the Army or something. Uh, whatever, was, was whatever it a I mean. personal grudge? I don't know if it was personal or whatever, but he... Uh, so, or was it, you know, it wasn't political then. It was personal. Um, yeah, and that's the or, kind or, of or one Or one or, the, one or the other, yeah. What were the motivations here? And also, how did he get the gun? They're very strict about guns over in Japan. Uh, you can get rifles. I think it was a rifle. Oh, Are you telling okay. me gun control doesn't work, Matt? Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> possibly, possibly. I think you can't. There's no. I don't think there's any handguns over there. Yeah, but they don't work good enough anyway. If you want to kill a bunch of people. Well, we're in, in this country. We're not talking about making handguns illegal. We're talking about rifles. And, and I swear, the only reason that people want to outlaw the AR-15 and models like it is because of the way it looks. If they made, if they just put a, you know, like a wood grain siding on it. And made it look more like a shotgun. People wouldn't freak out so much. Well, any I think anybody It'd be a heavier rifle then, but uh, anybody who, whatever it is, and these are people we like to we like to call them assault weapons, and, and they are not assault weapons. You know, people equate that as the you know like on on a, on a, a show like NCIS when they go and they open the trunk and they get out the automatic weapons. That's what people think an AR-15 is. Well. Let me put it's it, not. Let me put it this way. I know you're better on these definitions than me, but nobody wants anything that can shoot 70 rounds that fast in the hands of the loser up in Highland Park. That, that's, that's the summary of the rest of society. Whatever it is. Whether, whether well, it's unless you use it to protect your home, in which case then you definitely want to be able to fire off that many rounds. Um, and people in, in very expensive homes are more susceptible to that kind of a, a intrusion. Well... I mean, they, they, the the whole thing when they when they when you get trained, you know, the, a lot of the uh, gun, uh, gun ownership training is that they'll tell you that you you keep um, an automatic weapon, or excuse me, a, a pistol nearby, and you you and you keep your rifles in a safe, 
and then you use the pistol to get to your rifles. I, of having I, I, I'm so sure there's a million different. Uh, get your rifles. I'm sure, there's a million different plans on this, but the fact is, people, the people, the, the gun people, and I'm not. I'm not against anybody having a gun. By the way, the the idea that they're going to use background checks, they're going to use all this stuff. It absolutely has not worked. I mean, anybody, any loser who wants to get a gun of any of any degree of uh, whatever kinds they are is can find one. And well, yeah. So first of all, there it isn't that difficult to acquire them illegally, as we know with the uh, all the gang shootings in in Chicago. Um, and, but the second thing we know is that they keep making laws and then not following them. So you know, you have a red flag law. And nobody, nobody bothers to mention that the uh, the Highland Park shooter would be a perfect candidate for a red flag law. Well, sure. We have, uh, um, you know, we have uh, quote assault weapons bans, and yet people have them. Uh, and and so the solution isn't to enforce the laws we have better. The solution is to make more laws that we are not going to enforce. And it, it, we we are just we're so damn stupid. Well, you know, the, legislatively, the, uh, we are so. Stupid. I don't know if you happen to re- were listening to channel. I think I was. I think I might have listened to channel seven. I'm not sure. Um, they interviewed one of the doctors that had uh, helped in the Highland Park shooting, and I I think that particular. And again, I'm not you know Mr. Gun, so I don't even know what the, what the combination of of high powered rifle versus bullet or is, but this guy talked about. Whatever we're doing, he goes. We got to stop it. He said, "I, I was out work. I was p- helping people put uh, whatever IVs in and so forth." He goes, "These bodies were ripped apart. This this was a war scene. This wasn't somebody getting shot with a twenty-two or a thirty-eight. He goes, we're talking about about organs that were exploded by this that rifle and those bullets. Whatever combination there is, Kevin, this kid did and not so have what, to have what kind of uh, what kind of ammunition did he buy and, and use and was that legally acquired? Well, that's what I'm saying. I Whatever it is, nobody needs that. I don't. I mean, I, I mean, especially. Yeah, I, I won't argue with you, Tom. What I'm what I'm saying is, okay. So, what laws are we not enforcing here? I, I think that somehow or other, there's, there's or, or, or 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 did he acquire them legally? There's there's somewhat of an. I, I, I am willing to bet you that if uh, if he if he acquired if, if there was ammunition that is that, that there are because there are restrictions on what ammunition you can buy in many states. Um, and Illinois, being a strict gun control state, as you know, who pushes the limits on that, uh, probably uh, um, probably had some kind of restriction. So my question is, uh, assuming, uh, and I'm, I'm making a big leap of uh, you know a big assumption there. So maybe it's just not true. But if if I'm right and it's not, it wasn't legal uh, ammunition to use. Then how do you get it? I think he probably bought it. I'm assuming he did. The guy in Texas did. Yeah. Well, I, and Texas would Texas would be uh, less restrictive. Well, we in terms of what it allows. As you know, to uh, I don't know to I guess to some of the listeners, it's it's a good thing that some somebody they confirm that I'm certifiable or something. But I, I sense the same thing with the with these gun laws as I do with laws in the finance area, Kevin. We can we can talk about antitrust laws. We can talk about all kinds of stuff. Simple fact is, the people that are breaking those laws are the ones that are controlling the dynamic in Washington. 
And if you break those laws, you've got so much money you can buy people to where you control the dynamic. And I really do well, believe... I agree with that in this, in, in this particular case. Well, I'm saying there... there uh, because the people who break the laws tend to be, um, you know, tend to be, uh, you know, like gang people. And, and I, what I'm, and my, like. my point is, it's a slightly and different... I don't think they have a strong lobbying presence uh, in Washington. There's a... There's the, the, the gun laws that, that are put out, and you're right, we have quite a few of them. The gun laws that are put out are just never really strong enough to be enforced. Now, is it the, the people that do it don't necessarily want them to be enforced? Or, but I guess you can pass a half-assed gun law in Texas, but 90% of the people in Texas don't want any gun laws. So I don't, I don't see, it, it's like 90% of the people who are... Uh, it, that, that's, 90% would be a gross overstatement. Okay, but I'm saying, for whatever reason, they're not enforced. The, 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 the guy, or, or any, any sense of common sense, to me the same way... When I, I looked at the, the baby formula thing, and I'm going, wait a minute. How, and with antitrust laws, how the hell can this possibly be? It could be because nobody wants any antitrust laws that is any... I do, you do, but you know what? We're, we're bumps on the ass of an elephant when it comes to what goes right, on. I, and, and I get what you're saying, Tom, but there are uh, uh, food producers who, who actually do have, you know, can wield influence uh, about how, how their laws are enforced. Um, I, what I'm saying is, I don't think um, that, uh, I, I don't know who the, what the gang's names are anymore, I don't think they have a lobbying presence, they're just acquiring all of these no. Uh, oh, okay. um, they... weapons, and you know where they're coming, they're coming, ac- they're coming from across the border, because in, in, in record numbers, because we have uh, relaxed our border enforcement. Now, they were there's coming... a group, you know, there's people, the, uh, a, lot, a whole lot of businesses that hire cheap labor, uh, cheap undocumented labor who, you know, do have an agenda for an open border. Well, you hear you hear more about. I mean, you know, that's an agenda item that you have. I don't know what's going on down there, so I don't I don't want to comment. But they used to get them from Indiana. I guess that's across the border too, uh, or or they use across the border from Chicago down in uh, wherever Park Forest or someplace. But they get them from somewhere. I get it. My point is is that the people. You're the one who sent me the stuff about it. these people are all person of interest. And who sent the thing yesterday about the, the Highland Park police had sent to the state police? Uh, this guy was a clear and present danger, and yet he still got his Floyd card. So what I'm saying, Kevin, is somewhere in the mix, we always we seem to find people you say, well, how in the hell did they get their Floyd card? We never hear from somebody normal that said, hey, I didn't get one, why? It seems like whatever it is, we lean towards giving somebody the ability to if, if there's a toss-up, it lands on the side of let the guy get the gun. Because most people do not really... Want, they don't want anybody... They don't want anybody able to tell themselves that they shouldn't be able to have a gun. So anybody in their same like ilk... I mean, if you've got you know, four felonies and, and an IQ of 12, you're, you're never going to ban somebody that has four felonies and an IQ of 12 because you think that could be you. There's, there's something going on here. I, but we went through the Floyd list... And no, I, Kevin, I, I, I'm not willing to. I'm not willing to rule out uh, sheer incompetence. But I'm saying, but the incompetence lands on one side. I mean, is is the antitrust department in Washington incompetent? Yes, but are, are they also are they that incompetent, or are they being sort of told through the you know the, the winds of Vichy, like in Casablanca, we don't want you going after these people, or are these guys know that if somebody <clears throat> comes through and you say I should tell this guy no, nah, he doesn't look that bad, let him go through. But wh- there's something I'm not going on. Out that they're that incompetent. 
Eh, maybe. Well, first of all, you tell me. Does does it does this person? What does the law say? If 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 I get a, a uh, if you and I are the are the, are the two schlump policemen in uh, you know wherever uh, Forest Park or someplace, and we send something down the state that uh, you know this Matt Burn guy <clears throat> looks a little suspicious to us. What is the guy in the state supposed to do? Is he supposed to deny him or not? Is, is, is that a reason to deny him? I'll bet there is nothing in the law. Well, you know, they're, they're, they're supposed to look into the guy. Uh, you, you know, at the very least, you can open an investigation. And, you know, how many, you know, if, if you have a backlog of 10,000 uh, investigations, well, that can be tr- that can be trouble. You can, you can understand how there would be a backlog and you might not do that. I don't think that there's 10,000 investigations open. Have we flagged 10,000 people and said, ooh, better not give this person I'll, a call? I'll bet you did. We had a call out. We had a call out to the police department. He was threatening to kill his family. Um, I'll bet you would have done Are there 10,000 of those uh, in, in the queue right now? I don't think so. I'll bet you an adult beverage, which we need to catch up on anyway, uh, that nowhere in whatever law we're talking about does it say if you get any hint of a warning from any police department, you, you deny, 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 and, and it let him appeal it. That's not. I bet that's not. Yeah, that's how New York works. That's how New York works. And how's how's the uh, uh, clamps? In fact, that's you know there was a Supreme Court case about that. But they've been working all along like that. And have they curbed their gun violence problem? Well, I don't know. It's not as bad as ours. In fact, in in New York, the way it had been working is you had to demonstrate that you had a need to have a gun. You didn't need. It wasn't even a matter of a red flag. They were denying people who had death threats against them. Saying, ah, they're not that serious. Well, I think New York actually does have per capita way less gun violence than we do. I think, well, we're way less than St. Louis if you look at per capita. Uh, well, define we. Are we are you talking the whole state of Illinois or are you well, talking uh, Chicago? I'm talking Chicago versus New York City. It's not even close. Yeah, I'll look into uh, it. Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of thinking no on, the, on that one. New York Matt, City's right in the same league. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to say no. Matt's going to look it up. Matt's going to look it up on the break. SP Futures down 375, Nasdaq Futures down 46. By the way, St. Louis is the uh, worst, supposedly. But then again, the city of St. Louis only has 250,000 people are down to, so per capita is uh, what got, a tenth of the population. I would never have guessed that. Be right back, Stocks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox. The control freaks guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. 
Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage health care costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630-401-8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, innovation and human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation of the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I did invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. You know, guns don't kill people. Stupid motherfuckers with guns kill people. Stocks, jocks, and jocks, stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello, welcome to Stocks and Jacks. I'm Tom out at Burn on the Board. S&P futures are uh, down four and a quarter, except a big rally yesterday, which I will talk about in a second. As their futures down 46.50. Uh, individual stocks in the Dow, not much percolating. It's been a slow week, really. Been, it's been very directional, but the actual trading's been somewhat slow. Dow futures are up 35. What's causing that? I don't really see. A lot of them aren't even open here, which is kind of odd. Uh, Microsoft's down 95 cents, but usually they're all open by this time or in, in pre-trading. They are not today. Like I said, it's been uh, one of those days. Plus, today we're before the uh, uh, before the money supply, or money supply, before the, the economic... Uh, Reports regarding labor. We got the we have the uh, labor rate. We've got the, all the other stuff that comes out. The the establishment survey, all that stuff. We'll talk about the household surveys and everything, which you don't normally get on TV. Uh, Nikkei up 26 points. They were up more until uh, Abe was shot, then it came back down. Uh, Shanghai down eight, so call that flat. Hang Seng up 82.4 percent, so quiet over there too, ahead of these numbers. Over in Europe, the uh, DAX up 114.8 percent. What's he down 34.5 percent? Kick around up seven. Let's call that one flat. Uh, yesterday, Dow was up 346, S&P up 57, Nasdaq up 259. So it's been a big week to the upside here. Big, huge bounce, and maybe you know it might not even be a bear market rally. It might actually be a turnaround. I think a lot of people think the Fed is going to be on pause here. I mean, we'll after this next meeting. Uh, by the way, Kevin, again, one of the guys I work with is absolutely is uh, out of his mind. The, the actual Fed meeting, the two-day meeting, was 45 minutes last month. They didn't make it to the, what they take take home the tuna fish sandwich or what? Uh, bonds are down three base points, 2.97, so back under 3%. The bond minus three base points, 1.26. Uh, 
Japan right where it always is, 0.25. Uh, oil, up a dime, 102.83, so, you know, fairly above the 100 number. Rent up 36 cents, 105.01. Natural gas, down a dime, 6.19, but back up over 6. Arbob, down 2 cents, 3.39. Like the, the price of the pump should be coming down pretty dramatically here, and I don't think they are, but they're, they're eking down a little bit. Gold down 80 cents, 17.38. Silver down 11 cents, 19.07. Copper down 6 cents, 3.51. And we have Bitcoin uh, down seven bucks, but now it's pretty much comfortably over twenty-one thousand, twenty-one thousand six eighteen. I think a lot of people are thinking, no matter how many of these things fall, as long as Bitcoin and Ethereum stay above here, uh, stay solvent, that, that that area will be saved. We'll see if that works out. Now, what do you have for us? Traffic, weather, sports. Hey, good morning. Uh, good morning. Currently six thirty-seven a.m. on Friday, July eighth, twenty twenty-two. In MLB, Cubs lose the Dodgers three to five. Uh, White Sox beaten by Tigers 1-2, and the Diamondbacks lose to Colorado 3-4. Now for weather in Chicago, uh, currently overcast with a light rain uh, around in the 8 o'clock hour. It'll just be real quick, in and out, right off the lake, right back out. Uh, 76 degrees, a high of 78, and a low of 67. In Phoenix, clear skies, 88 degrees, a high of 111, and a low of 87. Traffic in Chicago, light traffic eastbound on the Eisenhower between Wedgwood Drive and Harlem Avenue. As well as that, light traffic eastbound on the Kennedy between North Harlem Avenue and Lawrence Avenue. And lastly, traffic westbound on the Dan Ryan between uh, South LaSalle Street and the Jane Byrne Interchange. Uh, would you like me to give you that uh, a, a report of uh, Chicago versus New York right yeah. now? Well, I looked into it. We found, uh, the, now these aren't uh, articles, uh, these are official uh, uh, police documents from uh, both Chicago and New York. Uh, this is the total for uh, the year uh, 2020. Uh, this is for, let me see, Chicago. Chicago had a total of 3,258 uh, shooting incidents. Those aren't necessarily uh, murders or deaths, but uh, just overall shooting incidents. But we we got good emergency rooms. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that we do. That we do. Uh, New York uh, for 2020 had uh, shooting in- incidents involving injury 1,185. So that's 3,258. Chicago 1,185 in New York for the year of 2020. And they got what three times as many people? About that. Yeah, almost about. Yeah. Kevin. Okay. All right. <laughs> Stipulated. No, no. So, what are you gonna you gonna find somebody with an assault rifle and come after Mr. Byrne now? Not me. Anything but me. Uh, no. All right. That's I, good. I got a job on Mondays and Fridays. Yes. <laughs> there you go. What are, what are we gonna do without him, Kevin? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, so take it easy on Matt here. Please. By the way, he caught a, he, hit, he hit Carl the other day in a in a, in a, in a uh, was it Carl? Was was there somebody else you caught with a? Oh yeah. You caught me a few times too, but that's fine. That's cool. Yeah, I, I like the instant feedback. I would like to mention uh, we we mentioned earlier a, a shooting in Japan, which I, I hadn't heard about. So I, I I searched it up, and it wasn't just some guy. Uh, interestingly enough, it was a form, the former prime minister of of, uh, of Japan. Yeah, we have all the guy who got Crazy. shot. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're who the guy who shot him? We're trying to figure out what his edge is because he evidently had some kind of a grudge. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, anyway, so prime minister on prime minister crime. That would that'd be interesting. <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy Carter somehow uh, made it somewhere. Jimmy uh, Carter goes wild. <laughs> yeah, it goes wild. The, uh, so, Kevin, I'm looking here. I, you know, I don't want to get too detailed in this because I can't really find the chart I want anyway. But uh, there's an article on CNBC just today regarding why India won't stop buying Russian oil. And it's because they're fighting inflation dramatically. Okay? And because and if they can get the oil a little cheaper for Russia, they're, they're dealing with their inflation and 
and one dollar less you know per oil is what two billion a year or something I'm looking at the the Indian money supply this is M1 I'm looking for I would like to have N2 but since 2018 it has gone from uh, whatever 30 30,000 whatever zillions or whatever these things are in billions to uh, to 52 today so in four years it's gone up what is that 20 30 percent and they 40 percent and they wonder why they have inflation 30 to 52 yeah good guys it's not the oil <laughs> but trust me yeah, it's well not that, that would be 22 yeah that would be more like not 20 30 percent be more like 67 percent okay yeah 65 yeah. something like that guys it's not the oil it's you look in the mirror how many? How many? How, how is it that? Yeah, but it's Putin's price hike. Yeah, how, how, that, how, how is it that schlumps like me can go to every time? What was last week? Somebody talked about the the price of the seventy five percent inflation rate in in Turkey. So look at the Turkey money supply; it's up seventy five percent in the last year. What, what? What is? What is? Why do people have problems putting those two together, Kevin? All of a sudden, we're we're selling uh, a different more like uh, putting your uh, fingers in your ears and saying la 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 I can't hear you. Yep, it's the same same sort of deal. Um, so what uh, these numbers come out today? Are, are we ever going to try and put some sort of a you know I I don't know how you would you would pull all this together honestly, Kevin. In terms of you have a population that really doesn't mind the federal government spending more than they have. They don't mind the state spending more than they have. Whatever it is. If there's a there's a, a perceived problem, the state is supposed to send in and have the money, and yet people know they don't have it. But I guess I guess if you uh, if you go to your mom every week to get money for beer, in the back of your mind you might know that you're borrowing more than she's making. But as long as she's giving it to you, I guess you don't really care. Do you? I mean, you and I might, but I mean, do, do, does anybody really care that these guys are are pounding out money they don't really have and? Well, see, here's here's the thing: is if we if we actually ran the company, the country, the way it was designed, um, and, uh, and 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 took serious uh, seriously considered that clause in the Constitution that says if it's not enumerated here, it falls to the states. Uh, if we if we actually did that, it would be much harder to do because the states can't print the money. Well, they they go uh, they, they so go they go into debt they, and they they go into debt. But sooner or later, you got to pay that piper. The federal government—they don't seem to think that they after ever have to pay. They can just make more. Well, this, the states for a long time, and this is this has been a you know a, a Republican mantra too, not just a Democrat. I mean, who was the lady who uh, balanced the books in New Jersey? Was it Christine? Somebody? Somebody? Just twenty years ago. What the hell was her name? Christine? Oh, um, yeah, I know who you're talking about, Christy something, right? I can't remember. She comes in and she balances uh, the book. Uh, Christy, well, Christy Todd Whitman. Well, she went from an accrual base to a cash-based accounting system. Well, duh, I can do that. We're balanced. We're not paying anybody, but we're balanced. So, I mean, all these states, they go to a cash system, and they don't go to an accrual system. They have no accrual system on the pensions. They they somehow, the the unfunded mandates on the pension side will, will gag any of these people. So they're not, they're not forced to be balanced. Yet... And this this COVID is the best thing that ever happened to them. They're they're all flush now. They all got this money from the federal government, so now the debt's sitting in one spot. Yet we're talking about a, a government that one year would they take in sixty percent of the money they spent. I mean, there's 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 supposed to be. Does, does Illinois even after all the COVID funding does Illinois still have a deficit? I think the way they count the the, the pensions, the answer is no. I think they're talking about running a surplus. Wow. I, yeah. 
Wow, way to go, Governor Pritzker. What yeah. a guy. Well, that, that's exactly what's in his his campaign ads. It's it's unbelievable. But the the uh, the the idea is is that the people here's here's what here's what gets very very odd about the whole thing, Kevin. I mean, to me, there's 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 a, there's somewhat of a discipline to two systems. Uh, one is the political system, and when when you run for office and you run against me, really, other other than you know right versus left antics, uh, we what we're supposed to be running on is is I think I can get you your basic services at this level for this amount of taxation for this amount of money then you say no nope, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you less or more services or be more or less incompetent than me uh, and I'm gonna be more efficient so I can either get you more services with the same amount of tax or I think we need more services or less and I'm gonna adjust taxes up and down based on my view of how we're supposed to do stuff now that that is politics. That's that's democracy, republic, whatever you want to call it. That's what we're supposed to be competing on. But all of a sudden it gets very, very blurry if you are in office and all of a sudden you provide a boatload of crap to people. I mean I'm, I'm not talking about people stealing it or whatever at this at this juncture, but it does lead to that. I don't know that you haven't gone out and borrowed money for thirty years and spending it this year. Because it, it's it's pretty painless this year to everybody else. All I know is, wow, Kevin managed to get us, uh, you know, a, a, a chicken in every pot in addition to police protection, uh, fire protection, and something else. He's he, he's like Harry Houdini. I'm gonna I'm gonna vote for him again. Little do you know that you now have a, a bill to the city, state, or village, wherever the hell it is. So by not disclosing that, and I, and that your campaign speech say, oh by the way, at the end of the year you're gonna owe five grand per citizen. It's now, but now on top of that. You've got people that have their, their, their finger basically up the government's ass or their nose, and they're going to say, well, how about this project? How about paying a little bit more than, than you ought to because I'll give you a campaign contribution. And, oh, by the way, you're borrowing the money anyway. Nobody cares. So what's the difference? So it starts to get to this level where it just kind of goes all, when stuff doesn't balance like that, Kevin, it all of a sudden gets totally kittywampus, as they used to say at Pullman. There's, there's no discipline on the system at all. And that's what we're seeing. There's none anywhere. I mean, and, and it's and it's crazy. I mean, it, it goes back to well, why I was not. I think the reason why I was never asked back on Joan Esposito's show, where she was talking about she has no debt, and I said, well, well, yeah, you do. And she goes, well, what do you mean? And I said, well, every citizen owns the federal government two hundred sixty grand, <laughs> you know. And she's very liberal. She and you know, not I really like her. That's not a bad thing. It's just, and she goes. Like thanks for ruining my day. I'm like, well, well, duh. <laughs> I mean, she I mean she's not a dumb lady at all. But but people, you you don't think of it that way, right? And I guess you need you know doggy down or me to tell you that. But basically, you you just oh, in in the city of Chicago, you can you can see how this has worked out because cities have to have to essentially balance their books, right? They're, they don't get anywhere. They don't, the city got some COVID money, but back you know, well the Rams was two terms. His first terms, he raised every fee he could possibly find. You, know, you name it. Garbage, park downtown, parking meter, you friggin' name it. Those fee increases were the equivalent of a 45% increase in property taxes. So his next term, you couldn't do that again. He needed more money. And oh, by the way, he, he essentially doubled property. They went up 50%. He didn't double. They went up 50%. So counting the two together, 
the guy doubled the tax load in eight years. In a, in a way where, and all of a sudden you see all these people leaving the city. A lot of it has to do with crime. A lot of it has to do with no jobs. A lot of it has to do with just, just what I just said. And now, of course, Lightfoot's done other stuff. She's, you know, she's gonna she's gonna find people every time you go by a park, driving six miles an hour over. That that's her shtick to get money out of people and all kinds of other little little creepy things like that. There's always there's always a little until finally people say the hell with it. You can't even get an accounting of how much you're actually paying these people. And oh, by the way, how much more they're in debt. It's not like after Ram did that and Lightfoot did that that all of a sudden you're square and you don't owe any money. You owe, you owe more. So I mean. So it's it's by not having any sort of a the whole political system in my mind is how do how do you, how do you even competing because you don't even know the numbers you don't you don't know where you stand oh you don't know the numbers the numbers aren't shared with us um, but we are also very poorly educated in the questions to be asking well we we're we're poorly educated maybe because we don't want to know or and, and you're and you're uh, maybe maybe but I, I also think. Um, you know that that a big part of the problem is that none of this is uh, discussed in school. Well, I, I I wonder, Kevin. I mean, as 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 you know, I, I continue. I hope I'm not flip flopping, but I'm trying to evolve. I wonder if the reason why we talk about these deep issue, issues on this show and not on CNBC or Fox News or someplace is nobody wants to hear it. When you used to write for Irish Eyes and stuff, I could tell it was your article. Because every every paragraph had a serious fact in it, something that was researched, checked four different times, and by the way, the last article had as much the last paragraph had as much stuff in it as the first article. The, the, there's a reason why the Tribune doesn't want you. <laughs> I mean, Mike Rico couldn't get a job today. I, 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 who would hire him? Howard Cosell couldn't get a job today. I mean, no, nobody would hire him either. I mean, it, there, there's a seemingly like we're on this. Maybe the whole maybe the whole society is it seems like when you walk down the street is smoking dope all day or something I don't know but it, nobody wants to hear it Kevin doesn't appear because what can you do no, about you're it You're probably right about that Yeah I mean, what uh, can you do about it I vote, we voted two weeks well, ago and, and, and is it nobody wants to hear it because it's it's bad news or is it nobody wants to hear it because it's just too complicated I think nobody wants to hear it because they can't change it Nothing in the voting booth two weeks ago for me. Other than, I guess I could have voted for the guy running running against Pritzker. Other than that race, there was there's basically nothing in there that I could have done to even put a drop of water in Lake Michigan, much less pee into it, and change whatever direction we're heading. There's nothing you and I can do at this. I mean, we, we I mean, obviously we're trying to do the show. We're trying to educate people, and I think we're 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 doing the best we can. At least we're doing something. Because um, like we bring up a lot of facts on this show that people don't normally see, or hear, or, or hear it explained to them, I, I get that part. But I mean, at, at the end of the day, did it did it matter a smidge to who all the bumps that were running for these places? You know, who have them? You know, you know, every single judge has got a patron saint now, because somebody had to give them the money to run that campaign. They didn't do it, and what do they owe that person? They're a freaking judge, Kevin, for God's sake. They, and they owe somebody something. I mean, you you just look at it and it sickens you. Yeah, what can you do about it? You can't. No. I mean, uh, and, and we sure as hell don't like it at a stage where everybody's grabbing guns for those kinds of reasons. But we might get there. I got a, I got a thing. I don't, I'll talk about it just a little bit because I sent it to you because I wasn't able to uh, 
uh, to really make sure that I knew where the source was, which, you know, of course, I don't want to do that, especially with you, because you'll call me on it, rightly so. But the guy who sent it to me is a, is a, is a real guy. Uh, he, he was talking about, I'll, I'll, I'll find this here for a second. Um, by the way, the, uh, the, are, we, are you convinced that those, that all the sports from Southern Cal and UCLA are all going to be in the Big Ten, that they're actually going to be flying, you know, girls to Jersey for a softball game? Well, I will be interested to see how big the conference gets, and then based on how big it gets, um, you know how how they organize all of the all of the all other sports. And what I'm saying is this: is you you could very well see this as it gets big enough, shaping out, uh, becoming two divisions, and then you know once you have two divisions, it's almost like you have two conferences, and they'll play each other come championship time. Um, but maybe not, uh, you know, maybe not during the regular season. And so, I, I don't know. It's still a long way to Nebraska, though, from Los Angeles. Yeah, it just seems, uh, you know, I have this thing that was sent, uh, and I don't know what the source is. Who the hell is Unusual Whales? Or who the hell that is? Anyway, so, some source where during the members of Congress that beat the S&P this is allegedly uh, everybody's their personal accounts, their families, and their kids. Now, how the hell anybody got this information? I have no idea. Uh, but it has to do with the returns of people in Congress uh, versus, like, the rest of society, meaning S&P. Because, I mean, people did better in the S&P, but 2021 was a big year. Now, these guys have got, uh, see, number one on the list is, uh, who the hell is Brian Mast? Austin Scott? Who's Austin oh. Scott? Uh, then there's uh, French, somebody, French Hill, John Curtis, Dan Gr- Crenshaw. These are all Republicans. And the fr- never, never trust anybody whose first name is French. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, yeah, French Hill. Is that a guy or a girl? Well, of course, leading lead the pack for the Democrats is Nanny, Nancy Pelosi. Then there's David Rouser, David McKinley. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven out of the first eight are Republicans. And now we get uh, Peter Welch uh, uh, on the Democratic side. Debbie Debbie Dingle. So she's uh, she's from Michigan. Yeah. Um, then we got uh, let's see, Jim uh, Langevin, whoever he is. Then Michael Guest. Then Earl. Blue. These are I don't even know, these must be representatives somewhere, huh? Alan Lowenthal. Thomas, uh, Catherine Clark, Thomas, uh, Deborah Ross, Dean Phillips, Eliza Lurie, Ryan, T- T- Tommy Tuberville is in here as well, but now he's way down the list. Uh, Lloyd, I don't even know who these Democrats are, for God's sake. Thomas Carper, Wood. anyway, it appears that a lot of people in Congress did pretty well in 2021. I mean, the idea that they're all, tr- did that all, did that all, I, I, I wonder, did that all come from Cheney? Was he the first person to say there's no real law here, I can do whatever I want? Or was he just the first big I one? I doubt it. Well, they were, I mean, uh, our, our buddy Doc, Dr. J. Little Doc, back in the 80s, he gave me a long dissertation on this about how how these guys had put everything in a blind trust, about the Marty Russos in the world, the guys that were, you know, reps when you and I were just out of college, for God's sake. They're just a little older than us. They were they were all these young guys, and you know, Doc would say, they don't, these guys don't have any money. I mean, you made, at the time, maybe forty grand as a rep. You had to keep two houses. He goes. They don't make any. They, they make half as much as their buddies who got a job in a law firm. 
and they're a rep, and they need two houses. He goes, he plays at Beverly. He's not paying. And then all of a sudden, somewhere, all these people trade all day in their family. None of those people did. I mean, you didn't see Marty Russo or Paul Simon or Everett Dirksen or any of those people go to Washington and trade all day based on what they knew. Well, that, that changed somewhere. It's, I mean, I, I will, to his discredit and credit, I, I'm grateful to Trump for, for winging his nose up at all these alleged where people think are laws. They really are just, whatever you want to call them, conventions that if you don't want to do it, you don't do it. And as soon as you say we're not doing it, the other guys go, well, we're not going to do it either. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's like uh, uh, insider trading. There's all kinds of case law. There's all kinds of stuff from the SEC. There's, there's crazy ways of going about it. I don't think anywhere, Kevin, is there's ever been a debated law in Congress. And I could be wrong here, but I don't think I am. There's never been a debated, passed, and signed by the president bill that defines what insider trading is and who can, who can and can't do it. I mean, it's, is all this stuff just convention and we don't want to do it? We just say to hell with it and do whatever we want? Well, it makes it makes enforcement uh, much more selective, doesn't it? It sure does. Well, it sure does. Isn't that the beauty of it? When I guess. it's not written down, when there's really no uh, hard and fast standard. Now, are there regulations that uh, that lay it out? Not a lot. You know, that's different from a law because uh, we, you know we we've routinely done shells of you know here here's the general outline of the law. Congress passes it, and now it's turned over to. Um, uh, you know, pick your favorite uh, agency to uh, to actually write the stuff. Well, if you were on the trading floor and some broker comes running, in, usually from one of the bigger firms, it, they used to call it the, the hot money, and it would go from firm to firm, right? Because a lot of times they'd burn the firm, and the firm didn't want to do their stuff because the firm would take the other side of the trade; they didn't want it either. So if, they, if somebody runs in and the market's, you know, a quarter three eighths on these call options, and they come in and they buy, you know, as many as they can at three eighths and more at a half. And 30 seconds later, the, the stock prints up like a half a dollar. They made the definition on the SIBO, because they don't want to go after any of the big firms, right? They made the definition, if they if they didn't actually participate on the print, in other words, if they, if, if they weren't able to sell the stock, they were not selling the stock a half up when they bought the op- option before it traded up there, that they really didn't, it really wasn't considered front-running. Where if you're in the pit, you don't, you don't care if they participate or not. All you, all, all you know is you sold something... Somebody at one and a half, or if you'd have known the back story, you never would have done. That that's my definition of front running is, but not theirs. If you didn't if you didn't participate on the print, you can make this stuff so narrow and who you go after, or just not go after. I mean, if you and I were in the Oval Office tomorrow, the first thing we'd have to do is figure out out of the thirty million laws or whatever are on the books, which one we actually care about. The rest of them we just ignore, right? I think you just ignore them until you get slapped down. Yeah, if you ever, if you ever do. Let, let, let them sue because uh, by the time they get they get sued, we will have been doing it for two years by the time it gets all taken care of. And, and we'll be out of office, we'll be fat and happy, we'll have Secret Service people following us around, playing golf, it'll be cool. On a pension? Living the dream. Living the dream. Yeah, life is good sometimes. Huh? <laughs> have a nice weekend, speaking of which, buddy. All as, right. SB Futures down 550, Nancy Futures down 55. Be right back, Mr. Carl Denninger. 
This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time decay for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, Give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of Home Source Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708 349 3456 that's 708-349-3456 or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com that's myhomesourcerealty.com what's happening stocks jocks stocks and jocks you are out of control right here right now right here right now right now right in life are free, but you can give them to the birds and bees. I want money. Hello and welcome back to Stacks and Jacks. I'm Tim Howe. Mr. Matt Byrne on the board. SB Futures down five bucks. Nasdaq Futures down 50. I'm reading this thing in the Tribune here. It says, Ken Griffin donates $130 million to Chicago organizations as he leaves Illinois. Billionaire hedge fund manager Ken Griffin is leaving Chicago with a philanthropic flourish. This $130 million breaks the previous record of $125 million as Carl Denninger fled to Florida. He's now considered to be living somewhere in Tennessee. <laughs> do, you, do you know how much uh, I, I donated to stupid uh, policies when I lived in Chicago? I don't think very much. <laughs> uh, well, actually, the most significant donation that I made and I did it repeatedly until I nearly got thrown in jail for doing it, was handing out PB&Js to the homeless people on Lower Wacker Drive over the holidays. Well, at least you didn't throw a match on the one guy if you poured gas on him, you know. 
Well, no, but I, but uh, the, the the Chicago cops uh, one time uh, when when I was in the middle of doing this actually threatened to arrest me for handing out unlicensed food. Uh, you need a license to give somebody lunch? Well, apparently, um, having uh, you know shopping bags full of uh, pre-made PB and Js and Ziploc bags is is uh, considered an offense in the fine city of Chicago. Was it did you use chunk or creamy? Uh, well, it was whatever I could get at at Sam's that was cheap. I don't remember which it was, but it was you know, yeah. I would prefer the chunky. It was me, you know, just saying. Well, you know, it, it's uh, <laughs> it was something that I used to do because it was direct, and and uh, you know, if the the a particular bum didn't want it, that's fine. But uh, you know, the peanut butter is, uh, although it's not exactly health food. Uh, it is extremely dense in terms of energy content. So, from a standpoint of keeping you alive, it will do the job. In in my hood, uh, growing up, um, well, we only had two kids in the family. Because most of the Irish people were a little more uh, prolific than that. Uh, the, the standard rule there were, there were several standard rules. You know, one of them was everybody had to be home when the street lights went on. Before that, everybody was okay. The other was if. Well, now, we only had four people now, so whatever. We were, I guess the term would be spoiled. But in other families, if you had like six kids, if not everybody liked what was cooked every night, right? So the one out was quit complaining. The only other thing you can get if you don't want to eat, you either don't eat or you can have a PB&J. It was your, your only other right. option. That was, it was, it was like family after family. So there'd always be two kids sitting there eating a peanut butter and jelly because they didn't like whatever was cooked that night. Then the next night, be two other kids. Just yeah, well, little. you know, I mean, that's, uh, but I, <laughs> I, I like to hike in the backcountry, and uh, since I am fairly keto adapted, and that's, that's how I tend to run my, uh, my metabolism, um, peanut butter is one of those things that works really well because it has a lot of fat in it and it has a very high energy content for it for the amount of mass you carry so when you're if you're hiking in the backcountry uh of course water is you know is, is life anywhere so you have to have that that handled but uh, in terms of of energy density uh, it's pretty hard to beat it on uh, you know in terms of number of calories you get for the number of grams you carry when we went camping in uh in Canada, we didn't. We should have brought some because we weren't. We weren't very good at fishing. Well, you know that's always the problem with uh, doing stuff like that. It's like you know, it's uh, people are like, well, I'll just you know, I'll just go catch fish, or, or you know, if the zombie apocalypse comes from whatever cause, I'll uh, you know, I'll go hunt squirrels or rabbits or deer or whatever. Um, it, it, it's it, virtually everybody who is alive in the in the depression uh, is now dead. But when I was a young kid, uh, I had some relatives that went through it, including some people that had the revenue goons show up and burn their orchard. Uh, it was, you know, FDR's Agricultural Adjustment Act, which should have gotten the... Uh, that should have caused a revolution right then and there, but it didn't. Uh, wildly illegal, and, uh, of course, nobody cared. That was, you know, lawlessness of the time. But... Uh, <laughs> if, if you talk to somebody, if you, if, well, can't anymore. But if you did, what you found out was that every single thing that, that walked and ran on four legs uh, disappeared within days when things started to get bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, my uh... they, they went in the pot. They didn't. They didn't disappear. Disappear. They they went down someone's throat. <laughs> I think the the market crashed 
the same day my grandfather closed on his first house or something. Oh, like wow. Something like that. But in those days, there was no mortgages, so I think he had to pay for it. Right. Uh, I don't, you know, I'm sure it was like a couple grand or still, something. Still. Uh, still, yeah. Yeah. But he was laid off from the railroad, but he, he became a, a peddler and sold sold food. So yeah. they, they always had stuff to eat. I mean, it, it wasn't... Uh, there's a lot of bread and there was a lot of vegetables and things because obviously well, it might vegetables. not have been what you wanted, but it was yeah. something. It was something. A lot of pasta, right. you know, that kind of thing. But it was. I think some areas were were way worse than others. I mean, you see pictures. God, you see these pictures on Quora uh, of something. You'll see the, the Italian sections in New York, where there's like kids without parents, twenty of them living in some spot under the street in a basement or something without, you know, running around grabbing food wherever they get there. And I think New York was way worse because it's got all those underground areas and stuff. I mean, Chicago, I, still, I think, had still more per capita industry than New York. I mean, if you take the whole financial section out of New York, what do you got? I mean, uh, Well, yeah, I mean, it's... The, the thing that I... The, what I think is so interesting about all of the, you know, the stuff that's going on right now, you know, you saw this thing about Abe, uh, you know, this morning when I got up, but, uh, by the way, that was a homemade, hand-built shotgun. Really? Wow. Yes. How do you do that? Uh, a piece of pipe and some powder, and, uh, yeah. Not very hard. Oh, okay. uh, yeah. I mean, it, so obviously, whoever, could, at least this is what I, what it looks like from the, you know, from what I've seen. Uh, there was, there's a video of it, of the actual event going around. That, that looks very much like a homemade firearm. Well, so in other words, he was good for one or two shots, and we're not talking about going out skeet shooting with this thing. Well, he was going. He was he was good for one shot, but he very well, you know, knew exactly what he was doing, planned it, and and you know, and executed on that. And here's here's though, you know, I wrote a column the other day, uh, which which nobody really wants to talk about. But if you look at all of the things that are going on, uh, this this thing in Highland Park. Okay. Everybody, of course, is you know is all over the Highland Park thing. Nobody's talking about the fact that far more people were slaughtered in the city of Chicago in the city over the July Fourth weekend. And and why? Well, because most of the people who were doing the shooting and most of the people who were dead are black. That's why. Well, it's it's. I guess if it's in certain areas, it's 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 in certain areas. Well, I but I'm just saying it's you know I mean. Uh, look, there's uh, you know you can there's there's a site that chronicles this. Uh, I sort of know the guy that runs it. Hey, jackass! Well, but if you know yeah. him, you got you got to call him and tell him it's getting so bad. He's got to do the hour by hour during the week. He can't just do it on weekends anymore. Well, no, no, no. He does. It, it, it's it, you know it's it's a compendium. It's it's uh, outlining Chicago's values. Is I think the I know, but, it, it, site. but it's, from, from, it's been around for quite a long time. I know, and yeah, the, right. the thing that. When you get down to it, what it comes down to, though, for virtually all of the really bad things that we've seen happen, I mean, we've had, you know, we had two this year. We had Evolve and, and then this thing, Highland Park. And then, of course, uh, you know, a, very, a couple of years ago, I was talking about Parkland and Nut yeah. Job down there in, in Florida. And when you get down to it, every single one of those was a function of the law being ignored. Well, sure. Uh, it's you know, I mean, in in Illinois, when I lived in Illinois, I refused to to have firearms. Uh, it was reasonably 
safe and sound for me not to do that where I lived in the part of Chicago and the Chicagoland area where I lived. It wasn't a suicidally stupid thing to do like it is now in an awful lot of that, you know, that part of the country. But at the time, um, and the reason is because Illinois has de facto registration of all firearms because of the FOID cards. And, it, and besides the common thug, um, the, the, you know, the, the problems with that sort of thing ought to be obvious. But nonetheless, despite the fact that you have the most, you know, the most stringent firearms laws, arguably, in the United States, are found in Illinois. I, I mean, it is, it is entirely possible that if I just happen to be driving through the state uh, as, a resi- as not a resident, and there is a, a cartridge in my vehicle, not a weapon, a cartridge, that I could go to jail for that because I don't have an FOID card. It's illegal to possess ammunition in the state of Illinois without one. Okay, now, of course, in theory, that's not supposed to happen. All you need is one cop that decides that he's had a bad day and, you know, you're, you're on the hook for however much money it's going to cost you to defend that and, you know, you're still going to go to jail for the night and all of this. Uh, and, and that's just because where I live, and it's perfectly legal, you know, last time I went to the range, uh, one of the rounds from one of my firearms fell out of the bag and is in my trunk. Okay, <laughs> I don't have anything to put it in, but it doesn't matter. You're going to jail. So I mean, that's that is a very real possibility in the state of Illinois. That's how strict things are. And there's other states that that are you know are similarly that bad. Um, and because I travel, it's one of the reasons that I I don't have a carry permit because it comes up on your driver's license. I know the people that did the integration in a couple of places in Illinois. It's national. If your plates run and you have a carry permit, it comes up on the cops terminal and with the automated scanners that they have nowadays. Uh, if somebody wants to harass you, that's exactly what's going to happen. You're going to get pulled over your car ripped apart looking for something you don't got. But there is a because uh, um, I'm actually thinking of taking the class, not because I really want to carry a gun, but in case, or well, just because I want to learn more about them. I don't know anything about guns, so I mean I've never. Yeah. So I just want to do it because if I, if I, it's like if I'm going to take a. If I'm going to sail or be a pilot or carry a gun or even have access to one, I want to know what I'm doing because they're dangerous things. I mean, at least I'm. Well, yeah, it's it, 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 it's you know it's like a chainsaw. If you don't know what you're doing, you start a chainsaw. Bad things can happen. Yeah, I, so I guess where, where I'm, I think now though that the uh, the concealed carry they're starting to link states up with states. So I think your your Illinois concealed carry works in, Il- in Indiana, Ohio. About five states and well, yeah, they've been doing that. It's but it, but there's it, it gets complicated because you have to you know if you're traveling somewhere you, and you have a permit from X state, you need to look at every single state you're permitted. Oh, absolutely, are without, go without a doubt, without a doubt. I mean, but I'm saying actually, you can like pay up now and 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 actually apply to like a bunch of other states like Florida if you if you had the training in Illinois and you can actually get the card in Florida as well. So there. It's it's inching toward a, a national concealed carry thing. If if I don't know if it'll ever get there, but but I, I think what you just mentioned earlier, that I want to push back just a hair. Uh, if if you look at the hey jackass, by the way, tell that guy that so much stuff is happening during the week. He needs to go hour. When you look at it, he starts. He does hour by hour, starting at six o'clock Friday through. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but, he, but he's got to expand that because there's more stuff going on during the week. But I I think I, I watch I watch. I watch. I look at it every week because I talk about it on Monday, on Monday morning. The there's been an incredible creep out of quote those neighborhoods in the last few years, and a, and a huge creep to broad daylight. The, oh yeah, now, no, I know. Yeah. It's I mean, 
you know, I, I lived in the Chicago area for, you know, for 13 years, okay? So, I mean, I, you know, I hardly, I was hardly one of those people that, you know, popped in and popped out once in a while, and, and a decent part of it, I lived technically in the city, right in Wrigleyville. So, I mean, you know, it, it, and that was, you know, that was where I lived. It was what I called home for a long period of time. And, and I... During that particular period of time, which was uh, late '80s or and, and, uh, through most of the 1990s, uh, I, I uh, during the daytime in, in the parts of the city that I went to, I didn't feel a compulsion to you know to be packing heat. Okay, I don't want to live somewhere where I feel like you know where where there's enough of a safety issue that part of my everyday preparations before I leave the house is to make sure that my gun's down in my you know the holster. Uh, I, I mean, that's not to say that, uh, you know, if you choose to carry, you choose to carry. It's, it's that I, I just choose not to live somewhere where that becomes part of what I have to do in order to feel reasonably safe going to the grocery well, store. Carl, way back in the day, I don't, I don't know what years you were here, but um, I was working at Pullman in the late 70s, right? And one of the ladies from Pullman I was dating, she lived at uh, Clark, and, uh, Clark and Diversity, where every, every, single, yeah. every single girl on earth was. Uh and that area was a spot, you know, the, the uh, what's the name of the, the really high-end streets there, uh, State, well, State Parkway obviously is, and the one east of there is like the, what was the richest street in Chicago, I don't know if it is anymore, but, uh, right. but so, there's a, there was a jewel on LaSalle Street, and in the jewel, uh, two blocks to the west was Cabrini Green, the yep. two blocks to the east was, was, was the richest area in Chicago, pretty much. So everybody be in line, and you'd see a lady in a fur coat, Right behind or in front of somebody paying with food stamps, and when you walked out the door, no, nope, everybody was pleasant to everybody. When you walked out the door, the people with the fur coats turned left, and the people with the food stamps turned right. And even though you you never dreamed that somebody from Cabrini would come over and mess with your car or your place at night, and even if you went over there, you, you could like jog through Cabrini and you weren't bothered really. But now, yeah. now it, it's. There are there are no lines of demarcation. I mean, what you said earlier that that people don't care about. There, by the way, I think there was a a five person shooting of four and two or three threes last weekend, which would be national yeah. news everywhere. But the, but the difference, Carl, is these are not. But I, I think if you were to, for instance, if you were to shoot up the Bud Billiken parade where there's kids and stuff, oh, oh, they're like, Lord, like, yeah, yeah that's the thing. But I mean, people have this ridiculous idea. That if three people are shot in Inglewood, there there are people who are on the, the the policeman's list of people about to be shot, and and it's one gangbanger shooting another. That that has well, not changed. And, and you know what? And to some extent it is. But here's, the, I, I guess my central point though is 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 this: if you look at all the all the bad stuff that's going on right now, okay. Um, by the way, just just to put an exclamation point on this, Pfizer uh, has has gotten sued. Um, for fraud in their vaccine trials for COVID. Okay. Um, now, the people that sued are folks that some people would say are, you know, a bunch of tinfoil hat wearers that have their, you know, have the foil wrapped a little too tight around their head. But what the, one of the allegations in the suit was that they committed fraud in the trial. Okay. And this is very important because the PREP Act which is what all these emergency use authorizations thing is under, has an exemption for liability, the liability shield if there is intentional misconduct or fraud. So basically, you know, you, in order to get through that shield and survive a motion to dismiss, 
you have to be able to al to allege and demonstrate that there was some kind of fraud. All right. Okay. So th this allegation's been made. What I saw a couple of days ago was that the response. Now I haven't been able to run this down, so I haven't read the briefing on it yet. All right. So I I, I cannot put uh, you know veracity on it. Is that yeah we did, but you can't dismiss on this basis because the government knew about it and let it go anyway and shoved it on the people knowing that it was fraudulent. So they're, so they're, they're, bl they're blaming the government for letting them do it. Well, yeah, and, it's, it, well, and, and Moderna got sued over patents related to mRNA, okay, fairly recently. And their argument is that because the government solicited them to produce these jabs, using this stolen technology that they shouldn't have to pay for the patent infringement, you should have to pay for it. You know what, they almost got a point there in my mind. Well, you know, I mean, this is, but, but think, think about the craziness of what's, what's going on here. Essentially, we have a law that says that you can't do X. And some organization, whatever the organization is, in Highland Park, it was the police, it was the Illinois State Police, okay, so it was the local cops, it was the ISP, and it was the mayor, because the mayor, as the head of the executive branch of that political subdivision, is in charge of law enforcement. Okay. Okay, well, just like the president is in charge of the DOJ. Okay, I mean, that's the division of powers in the American political system. So all these people did not do their job and rather than hold them accountable for violating the law, they broke the law. Well, okay? what, did they, what did they do? In, in Highland Park, you have a bunch of people who are dead, and you have these, these drugs that are, are out there. And, and by the way, anybody that thinks that this is all just about COVID, you're crazy. Vioxx was the same sort of deal. Okay, that killed 60,000 people before it was finally pulled off the market. And the the safety problem that was in that that was there was known prior to the approval being granted because it was in the original data and that was later proved and yet did did anybody get charged with manslaughter for the 60,000 dead people of course not did anybody you know now that there was there you know they, the drug was pulled off the market but who actually went to jail for this I mean, last time I checked if you kill people you're supposed to go to jail right uh yeah Okay, well, I mean, you know, this kind of thing, but this goes on everywhere. It's the same situation. You know what's going on here with, the, with this SPR release? Okay, there are reports now that, you know, Biden releases oil from the SPR. What he doesn't do is ban the export, and what you have people doing is gaining that and selling the oil and the refined products from it overseas, including to China. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the whatever... I mean, we've talked about this, you know, we haven't talked about it in a while, but when we're, we have this, are we officially not at war with terrorism now, or are we still at war? Well, you know, I, I just, I think the real, the real question here is when you have a set of laws that become suggestions based upon who it is that's, uh, you know, that, that does whatever, um, there's a real there's a real problem in terms of trying to actually solve issues and, and, and I could I can trace basically every single thing that we have that's really bad that's going on right now I mean it's this all this nonsense with inflation that's going on okay yes m2 I mean you know just just look at that all right you have well, well, how, do you, how, do you look, how do you look at it they don't give it to you anymore well but Powell but but here's here's an interesting thing Powell testified 
before Congress that they were pulling liquidity out of the system by allowing the balance sheet to run off, right? Uh, yeah, except he didn't do that. Well, right. He said this in his, in his statement, but he also recently had to do a semi-annual testimony. And he testified in front of Congress, and any testimony in front of Congress is done under oath that they were doing this. They're not doing it. But I'll tell you, this the rally this week, I think is a lot of it, not, by the way, I'm happy for it, but I've done pretty well with my clients, but the... I smelled a little bit of a rat, and we came in the week pretty long. We're not even long. We're kind of getting stuck on our calls. But all week we've been we've been as long as you could ever be in a protected program, Carl. So we've had a nice week. But but I'm smelling a rat. I don't. I, I listen to these people talk all day on TV, and they, the the Fed now is their story is they're going to do one more 75 thing. They're going to they're going to see the oil prices coming down. They're going to say this inflation has been whipped. They're not going to ever raise in September. And they're going to try and give the market rally into the election. It looks to me that because well, I, well, I, I don't think that's going to work. But I don't either. But I, I, I do, I do agree that may very well be their, you know, the idea that's floating around in their head. I think they're crazy, and and you know what Powell has talked about, and a few of the others, a few of the other Fed heads have talked about, is that inflation and the expectation of it is getting embedded into the American consciousness, and that's an extremely serious problem. Because wage price spirals are hard to break. Um, I have two questions for you. One is the, the testimony, and <laughs> I love the, the banter back and forth between the, the Congress people. You know, in, in one year it's the, it's, the, it's the Republicans spending more more than they take in, and next year it's right. the Democrats. So it really doesn't even matter. Uh, but the, the weird part is the man has caused inflation dramatically because right. he, because he didn't tell Congress no. So they're, well, that's right. so they're bitching at him because he didn't tell them no, but if he turned around and said, you know what, you guys are right. I really made a mistake, and the reason why I made a mistake is because you guys passed this bill, and instead of taxing for it or something or, or borrowing for it, you essentially came to me to print you, print you money, and I said yes. Well, that stops today. And, and so th- you could ask me any question you want, but that stops today. If you come up with a trillion-dollar plan... You better tax a trillion dollars, guys, because I'm not giving you a friggin' penny. That that would go over like a fart in church. I mean, they're 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 they're, they're, they're connected. As a matter of fact, one of my one of my buddies from the Fed, who's uh, uh, who's brilliant man when it comes to you know, exchanges and, and and you know he can tell you chapter and verse about every economy anywhere and what uh, you know when when the, when the currencies clear. This hour and this place and this place and this place, they're all yoked together. I mean, I can't begin to, to know what this guy knows. But he was he was actually pissed at me when I said, Robert, there is no such thing anymore as fiscal policy. And he goes, I don't know where you're getting at. I said, name me. Nobody knows more about economic history than you do. Name me one time, one time ever, where there was a, there was there was straight fiscal policy where the government just said we're going to spend two billion dollars more. And we're going to tax two billion dollars more, borrow two billion dollars more. Yeah, I mean, it, it, if it, it it always goes hand in glove with monetary policy, you can't you can't separate the two. Right. We, well, yeah. I mean, there's this uh, you know there's this aura that we have allowed to be built around this that is is just flat out BS. Okay, but when you when you get down to the bottom line on this though, is that. When it comes to the Fed and to the way that they've conducted policy, 
uh, you know, everybody says, well, it's an independent center. Uh, no, they're not. The, the Federal Reserve was created by Congress. It could be terminated by Congress tomorrow, and they know this. Okay, that's not, I mean, that's not surprise. It was, it was an act of Congress that created the Federal Reserve, duh. So the thing, the, the problem, though, is that Congress actually wrote a law that says, here are the goals that the Federal Reserve must implement. Okay, that's appropriate oversight. And one of the one of the clauses in there is stable prices. So how is it that Jerome Powell turns around and redefines stable into two percent? And and by the way, not the first person, Bernanke, or the, the, you know, Yellen, all this, yeah. the the line of of these guys standing up in front of Congress, vowing under oath to violate the law. And the sergeant at arms doesn't immediately grab the guy, throw a set of cuffs on him, and lead him out of the room. Well, it's because if you look at the history of, of economic nirvana in this country, which was probably 1950 to, what, 75 or 74, somewhere in there, you had a, an economy where virtually everybody had a job and wanted one. Uh, you You made enough to where you could actually save money the old-fashioned way, make 100 a week, uh, you know, live on 80, you know, not the best life, but pretty good life, and save 20. And interest rates were X, and your, your inflation was about 1.5 to 2%, which means that if you right. bought a house 10 years later, the house was 20% higher. Uh, but like Milton Friedman said 100 times in class, nothing feels as good as the first little bit of inflation. Well, that's it, it, but I've explained why that you know why that is, and, and you can well, actually visualize it very easily if you have Excel or you know, Google Sheets or whatever. All right, we got to go. We got to go. We got to go to break. So in a minute we come back. We'll have these yeah. numbers. SP futures down three. Nasdaq futures thirty eight. Numbers imminent. We'll have them when we come back. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know all while exploring how to live your best life through music spirits food sports travel fitness and a whole lot more luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures it's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into wall street's investment gurus it's for mavericks who believe in life luxury and the pursuit of happiness it's for you smart investors don't bet on possibilities they play the probabilities luckbox is 7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howard, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. At PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and tried to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. 
I think it is time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, owner of Home Source Realty and frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks Radio Show. If you're thinking about purchasing real estate this summer, could be a good time to shop around. Whether you're a novice or seasoned investor, low interest rates and a good inventory make adding bricks and mortar investment to your portfolio an interesting possibility. Many a great fortune has begun with the purchase of property. Call me today for your personal investment consultation, and I would be happy to get you started on your path to prosperity. You can reach me at Audrey Johnson at Realtor.com or call me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. All right, place your bets. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now. Hello and welcome back to Stacks and Jacks. I'm Tom Howe. It's Matt Byrne on the board. SP Futures down 24 and Nasdaq Futures down 132 as the jobs report number came in at 372,000. So evidently that, uh, that is being uh, good news is bad news. Bad news is good news. That I guess that means the Fed's going to keep raising rates or something. Who the hell knows? But uh, Dow Futures, uh, well, I, I got them up 41, but that's a delayed one. We can't use that one. So the S&P, we know for sure, is down 21. Nasdaq Futures down 120. Uh, over in Asia, we've got the Nikkei. Now, these guys are all closed, so they haven't moved. D- uh, Nikkei up 26.1%. Shanghai down 8.2%. And Sang up 82.4%. So very muted over there. Over in Europe, the DAX up 124, well, full 1%. FTSE down 31.5%. We got the CAC around down 16.3%. Yesterday, big rally. Dow up 346. S&P up 57. NASDAQ up 259. Uh, bonds. Up, up seven basis points down at 3.07, back up over three. Uh, the Bund, uh, positive 0.04, so that's 1.33 is the total there on the 10-year rate. Japan unchanged at, two, at uh, 0.25. We've got oil down 51 cents now, 102.22. Brent down 25 cents, 104.40. Natural gas down 16 cents, 6.13. Arbob down 3 cents, 3.38. Uh, gold unchanged, 17.39. Silver down 12 cents. 1906, uh, copper down five cents, 351, and we've got uh, Bitcoin now down 245, 21,381. Uh, so hanging in there above 20,000. Matt, we got for us traffic weather sports. Good morning. Currently 7:34 a.m. on Friday, July 8th, 2022. In the MLB yesterday, Cubs lose to Dodgers three to five. White Sox beaten by Tigers one to two, and the Diamondbacks lose to Colorado three to four. Now for the weather in Chicago, currently overcast at the moment, uh, but expect a light shower in the next hour. Uh, 76 degrees, a high of 80 degrees, and a low of 67. In Phoenix, clear skies, 85 degrees, a high of 111, and a low of 87. Traffic in Chicago, uh, the slowdown uh, eastbound, Eisenhower between California Avenue and downtown. Uh, traffic eastbound on the, on the Kennedy, uh, starting at West Division Street, going on to the Dan Ryan eastbound, uh, ending at Roosevelt. That's caused by a, a disabled vehicle before Roosevelt Road, uh, blocking the left lane. 
Uh, traffic westbound on the Dan Ryan between 43rd Street and all the way to the Jane Byrne Interchange. Uh, uh, slowdown northbound on Stevenson between South Central to South Kedzie. Overall, pretty light day for traffic, especially especially on the Eisenhower. Um, keep in mind, a uh, Taste, Taste of Chicago uh, 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 setup is causing closure on Columbus Drive between uh, Balbo Drive and Monroe Drive. That's all we got, Chief. Back to you. Um, headline numbers, uh, 375, unemployment rate 3.6. I'm looking at my A1 report here, which Carl means going to tell me I shouldn't be looking at the A1. Uh Totally different picture on this thing, Carl. They don't seem last month they all matched. This month, not so much. Oh, this is uh, <laughs> this this one on the unadjusted numbers is stinky, and it's stinky in, in two ways. Um, first, the unadjusted gross gain was plus sixty nine thousand. Okay, that's a ninety percent decline from last month, which was plus six eighteen. All right, I I want God's name. Does the the adjustment be three hundred thousand people each month? Why is June oh, so much better? Oh, because than you know the BLS just makes it up. But uh, it, it, this this is why I ignore the so called headline. Uh, it, it it's it's a black box, and they you know supposedly it's a well okay you know as as I have said, if you really want to know what's going on, um, just go year over year, use the year over year numbers, which of course doesn't work when there's a pandemic in the middle of it, right? But the reason you do that is because Christmas falls at the same time every year. <laughs> so that, that's, that gets rid of the stupid. Um, but here's the other thing that's really ugly. 700,000 people, well, 699, but close enough. 700,000 left the we don't know what the blankety-blank they're doing bucket and came back into the workforce last month, which means 90% of them didn't find jobs. All right, now, your numbers, again, I'll, uh, this is the one... I use and it's way way different. I've got total people above the age of whatever that are in an institution up like a hundred thousand. I've got three hundred thousand, three hundred fifty thousand less in the uh, in the labor force, and I've got five hundred thousand more in the column. We don't know what the hell they do column. Actually, three hundred thousand people less employed, and on the unemployment unemployed people is about the same. So this is way different from what you're seeing on TV, and yours is even more different. Uh, how do we get... Oh, yeah, no, the, the unemployed number from May to June, okay, went from 5548 to 6334. All right, the adjusted number here, they got 5950 to 5912, so I almost know... Uh, yeah, I know, but I, that's that's a seasonal adjusted. The unadjusted number went from 5548 to 6334. It went up. Why did it go up? Because a bunch of people came out of the not in labor force number, came back in, and didn't find jobs. Yeah. So that was good for from a three point four percent unemployment rate on that basis went from three four to three eight. And and by the way, the employment population ratio, which is the only number that really that really matters from a long term sustainability perspective, actually went down a tick. That's bad. Um, now, is this, uh, you know, how bad is it? Well, um, 2019-11, November, was the, was the high tick at 61.1. We're down a full point from there at this point. Um, so we are still below the pre-pandemic employment population ratio by a full percent. And while that doesn't sound like a huge number of people, it's actually about two and a half, two and a half million. <laughs> so it's not small. Um. Yeah, this this is the leading edge of a recessionary print. 
Um, I, if I were to go back to my Ute, which of course is way too long ago to be even considered normal now, I'm going to say the 500,000 people that came out of the we don't know what they're doing column into uh, would be the people that are in, in, in college uh, trying to get a job, right? Does anybody even try to do that anymore? Or does anybody well, yeah, that? except here's, so here's the interesting thing. I'm looking at the, at the educational attainment table. This is one of the ones that I always look at every month because it's a, it's, you know, there's been a barbell thing going on for a very long time. And, and I've yelled about it because it is, it is essentially the destruction of the middle class of America in figures. Okay, I mean, you know, you can have all the anecdotes you want. These, these are Carol, come economic on. facts. Carol, come on. Every president, the last five elections, six, seven elections, every president is going to work hard to maintain the middle class. What are you talking about? Uh, that, that's what they all say, and it's all BS. Oh, yes, it okay? is. Yes, and, it is. and it's driven by the, the fundamental policies of our country and our corporate structure, which we allow to exist, which says we're going to throw all, everything we can overseas and, uh, you know, start out with just manufacturing, we're going to send it to China, we're going to send it to Mexico, we're going to send it, you know, whatever. And then, uh, well, that wasn't good enough, so then we're going to put the, we're going to allow all the H-1B people to come in here, and we're going to put all the IT stuff over in India, and, uh, you know, Disney is going to fire all their IT people and send all the programming over. Yeah, that, that kind of stuff goes on everywhere, right? But that's, that's what creates this barbell situation. And so, historically, what what we've had here is that, if you have if you have no high school diploma, you got something to do. You're, you don't get paid worth blank, but you got you got a job if you want. And if you've got a bachelor's degree or better, you'll you'll have something. You may be pulling coffee at Starbucks, but you'll have a job. The people in the middle are the ones who historically have gotten screwed, and that's uh, you know and that's been going on now for for geez, the last couple of decades at least, maybe more. Well, this month. The unemployment rate among those those schlubs without a high school diploma went up six ticks. Okay, that's that's not a good that's not a good number. The participation rate. Okay, um, the unemployed number is up by three ticks. The participation rate, um, you know, looks better, but that's because people came back in. All right, so that that's up by three ticks. Um, the unemployed number for those for those people. Um, with with a high school degree was flat, high school gra- graduate. For those people with some college, it was down by a tick. All right? So in other words, you, you lost ground. The employment population ratio was down a, a huge amount. It was seven ticks, which is a monstrous decrease. They got two ticks uh, here. The employment rate ticked, uh, you know, allegedly ticked down, but the participation ratio went down, and that's bad. It's the pop- employment population ratio. And among people with bachelor's degrees, you went up, You had the unemployment rate tick up by four points, four ticks, one eight to two two, and the employment population ratio is down by eight by nine tenths of a percent. That's a huge move. Why do you think the participation? It had been going up very steadily since the, uh, the like the June of twenty one of COVID when the COVID started to even get a little bit better. We went from the the, the low spot was. Uh, the end of 2020 was uh, 56.8, and it's been creeping up, creeping up, and it's been yeah, 56.9 is what I have. But yeah, we you know we well yeah 56.7. Okay, so I mean there were there were some bad prints in here. We had a we had a 50 51.3 in uh, April 
of 2020. Really? Well, yeah. I mean, get back then. We've well, I mean, that was because they closed everything, right? Everyone yeah. was, fly, was laid off. We had, we had three in a row here on my charts uh, that are 60 to 60.1, and now we're 59.9. So it's the first give back, really, since the improvement started. Um, I would argue that we've been basically flat since roughly March. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, yeah, definitely, but I mean, we were 59. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm just, I, you know, I'm just looking at this. It's, it's you know, we, we basically got what we were going to get coming into March, and and that is about when the, the headline inflation started to really hammer people, uh, and, and it has essentially stopped the economy. Well, we've got, this, this is the first month, well, actually, no, we did from March to April, we had less people working, according to this. There's 300,000 yeah. people dropping work in this month. A uh, couple, couple questions, Carl. I mean, I, I listen to the. Well, if I don't, if I don't want to think that I should lose a few pounds, I guess I should just go to the Wisconsin State Fair or something. You know, it's like you can change definitions of things all you want, right? <laughs> but it still doesn't, still doesn't change the story, uh, right? Well, now we we must have had forty swinging idiots yesterday talk about are we going to be in a recession? Well. We, of course, have changed the definition. It's no longer two consecutive quarters of negative GDP, which it looks like we're going to get, right? Because it, it Yeah, I, I think that's a, yeah, I think it's a foregone conclusion that that's real. Well, but, now, but that's now no longer a recession. Now it's this right. sustained period of, of economic slow growth or most people. Uh, my question is, and then, of course, we had, must have had five people say, there's no way you can be in a recession by any definition if your un- unemployment is rated 3.6. Well, I'm going to submit, Carl, that if you look at the health of, of people economically, if you don't get a raise and the inflation is 6%, I, we're, we're, I don't care how you define definition for the whole society, but that guy's in a recession. He's going backwards. So if you, you just be this, the whole the old mantra, if you have a job, you're okay. That's not when, when you and I were kids, if your old man had a job at the, at the you know the auto plant, and he got laid off. Yeah, he was in trouble. But once he went back to work, he was getting a serious working wage. There was no kind of middle ground there. But here, there's people that have two and three jobs that are in a recession, for God's sake. Well, yeah, and that's and I mean, but again, this all comes down to when when you engage in trying to hand out money to people, right? And I just I I got into it with this this dude on Twitter last night, and I, I ended up deleting most of my comments because. I blocked him, he blocked me. But but what started it was that I saw this guy who's, who's bleeding that his, a relative of his has cancer and now he needs health insurance. And my first comment back to him was, oh, I just lit my house on fire, I'd like to buy some homeowner's insurance. Yeah. <laughs> okay? And, and the thing is, Obamacare, of course, made this possible, right? Because that was something you couldn't do prior to Obamacare. If, if you got caught in that situation, that was just too bad, so sad. And then, you know, then the bleeding starts. Well, you know, this is a Ukrainian refugee, and that's why, you know, there, there was a life-changing event. It's the same thing as you moved. You, you can, you know, you can apply even though blah, blah, blah. That's not the point. The, the point isn't whether or not there's somebody who is in serious trouble and, and uh, you know, absent somewhere. The solution to this problem is to go after the cost factor the idea that we can just turn around and take whatever the problem is, whether it's an individual who has a, who, who now has cancer, or whether it is some other thing that's going on 
you know, high gas prices, whatever have you. And the answer is, we'll just throw it over here and somebody else will pay for it. That's how you end up with 10% inflation. Right. I don't, I don't think that under any circumstances, knowing your politics and your economics, I don't think you ever would like this guy to not be able to go to county or someplace just lay there and die. I, don't, I can't imagine that being you. Well, no, my, my, but my point of view is that I, you ought to be able to pay with, by working a job yeah, but you can't. for essentially whatever kind of reasonable, you know, not, not heroics and new investigational stuff that costs you know, $400,000 a crack or whatever, but, but mainline things, you should be able to you know, break your leg, you, get, you know, whatever goes yeah, but you, bad. But you, but you can't. You should be able to pay for that out of your pocket. You, and the whole reason you can't today is because of this game. You can't today for a, a real lot of reasons. Even if if you have, quote, insurance, probably... It may not be worth anything. Well, prob- I'm, I'm saying it's it's worth... Uh, and and they're, 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 they're so good at this. You know, I mean, I'm preaching to the choir, for God's sake. You yeah. know this, they are they are so good at this. When a uh, guy in the building is... Uh, um, he gets... He splits the insurance with the building, right? Uh, right. So and he has one of these, you know, plans with a thirteen thousand dollar family deductible. Yeah. Well, he he didn't have thirteen grand. I mean, well, exactly. But I mean, you know, it's like I when 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 I could buy it, can't anymore. Uh, I had what amounted to a catastrophic policy for myself and my kid because I could afford to pay for anything routine. But if you get run over by a truck or you get cancer. Uh, you know, okay, I'll, I'll buy insurance against that. Well, when you, okay, back back up. You you can you can afford to pay for things routine if the insurance company gives you the charges in their network. Right. Well, that's but see, that's the thing is that the game the game turned into now post Obamacare. You can't do that, right. and the reason you can't do it is because you are going to get bent over the table, and and that sort of pricing disparity is illegal. It's been illegal for a hundred years. Well, it's it's. Uh, like I got to say, virtually no one in this country. I won't say virtually no one. I'm going to say, eighty percent of the people in this country cannot write a thirteen thousand dollar check out of their checking account without causing some severe problems. Oh, I know, oh, I understand that, but but that's not the point. The point is, is it shouldn't be thirteen grand. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. See, that's the, the whole the whole problem at its root. Is that you know I I have was sent to me years ago I have a receipt from a birth a ordinary vaginal birth of a child the entire the entire thing and I took that and I inflated it by the you know by the the CPI across all of those intervening years you should be able to have a child in a hospital by the way this was when they kept the mom for you know three or four days along with the infant care and everything it's with an epidural it's on the it's on the actual invoice um, so we're not talking about you know you're just sitting there screaming right that's the that's not what this was included the care for both for mother for the infant for everybody else soup to nuts inflate the entire bill it should be about a thousand dollars um one of the you tell me where you can do that in this country. One of the today. listeners, I'll, I'll dig it out one of these days. If I ever clean here, I'll find it. <laughs> uh, Little Company of Mary, 1953, one of the listeners sent me, his mom died or his dad died or somebody dug out the bill for him. My yeah. mother was in there six days. Now, it didn't include the doctor, so let's be fair. 
Uh, everything that went on in the hospital, I think, was for seven days, was like three hundred bucks or something, four hundred bucks. Yeah. And uh, you know, the the, the the hospital room was forty or forty-five hours. Now they didn't look like they do now, uh, with every conceivable thing, you know, this, that, and the other thing, uh, and the wall and all that stuff. I mean, it would look like a more like a motel room, but still, you inflate that forward, give it, give it a a, a, a three hundred percent kick up in quality, you're still not even close. Not even close. You're not even on the same page, and 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 yet I uh, would say the doctors and the nurses aren't getting paid astronomically more. It's all an overhead. So well, yeah, it's a, you know it's it, and it's this this last jobs report. Okay, you you put fifty seven thousand people into healthcare over the last month. I'm willing to I'm willing to wager that if we, just based upon the last you know twenty years of averages. That, that 5,700 of them were doctors and nurses, and the rest were paper pushers that never provide a single second of care to a single person across their entire career. Well, not to mention the, the management making all the money. Well, that's but that's the problem. Is and, and guess what? What they do do though is wildly jack up the cost. Oh yeah. Hey, and so the, you know, if we're going to actually solve these kinds of problems, that sort of cost shifting in game has to stop. Well, sure it's it does. illegal. But uh, hey, when you when you, uh, if you have like a girlfriend, and you are you stop talking to her, do you have to tell her you stop talking to her, or, or you just, if, or did so she knows, or, or you just have to have her figure it out? So if you're gonna cut somebody off Twitter, do you first say I'm cutting you off Twitter, or you just do it? Oh well, you just block somebody, and that's it. Oh, okay, but then they know they're blocked. Well, yeah, because they, they they try to respond to it. And actually, I you know I had somebody come at me with this this five G signals are the reason that all these people are dying nonsense the other day. And, and oh, yeah. I, I I said, oh by the way, I've only been working with RF for the last forty years. Um, you know, I'm still here, including some very very high powered stuff that runs in the same bands where five G signals are. And I got about the third response into it, and I hit the thing, and it, it comes up and says, Bah! You can't reply to that person. He blocked you. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, hey, uh, two things. One, what, what is, when are the our powers to be and the people who are on TV all day talking, who seem to be the powers to be, one are they going to realize that we can actually have a recession where mostly everybody's working? You can you can still be in a recession. Well, it's the, the yeah, it, if you're starving to death, uh, you know, it's, it, it kind of goes back to an interesting thing that was uh, was put on the on the UN's website that they've taken down. The virtues of hunger. Oh God! They they actually they actually were crazy enough to publish that. I mean, it's it, that hungry people tend to be more industrious. They work harder because they have to, or they starve. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that if you have, when I used to see people work a lot harder than a lot of people do now, but. Uh, Maybe that was just you got used to working hard, uh, but these guys would leave a really hard working job and go play two softball games in a night. So that's just the way yeah, they yeah. were. They just the way. But my other question is, we've been—I don't want to beat this one up today too much because we don't have that much time left. But uh, this thing that's been formulating with the group here, and the, the three people—not going to cast any aspersions on the rest of our my smart guests—but the three people that have really sort of taken the ball and run with this. Is been well. Hal's the one who started it out. Now Russell's all over it. He's trying to find any papers down at Indiana, and I think you're interested too because you wrote a book about this stuff. Do you think anybody? First of all, is is there ever been in history a, a serious economy that had a negative interest rates for 
this period of time for some of the population, not all. And I don't, I don't know that I've ever read of a place that did. And now Hal is convinced that that is that is such a lucrative thing for the people up top that that's never going to ch- we're ne- we're going to we're going to push that as far as we can. But the idea of, of the you know half of one percent of the population can borrow money for like a fifth of the rate of inflation. It's not only driving the inflation to the rest of us, but it's making them richer than the dreams of avarice. And now Russell has been kicking it around. You know, he's digging through the... Well, Japan. The, Japan. Um, yeah, but the, the assets never flew that much. Well, uh, that's, uh, but that's the thing. Is I mean, you know, I guess the question is, has anybody ever tried it and more or less gotten away with it for an extended period of time? But their, their inflation rate's never been... Ten or fifty. Well, that's what I'm like saying. I, you, you asked, you know, did, did, has anybody done it and gotten away with it? Yeah, but I, well, how, I'm saying our, our our real rate of interest for some people here is like a minus ten. I, that's never been the case right. in Japan. Well, I, you know what? I I mean, I think that that part of why you saw it done here was that people watched Abe do it over in Japan. Um. And and you know basically get away with it for twenty years. But the price of used cars haven't doubled in Japan over the last three or four. I, years. I I understand. I'm saying this is why they thought they could get away with it here, though, Chief. All right, but so you're saying this is all an unintended consequence? Well, I don't know that. I don't think it's an unintended consequence. I think that the the, the economic history of the world says that this basically never works. But you have you have a bunch of eggheads who pointed at Japan and said they pulled this off, and other than the fact that the Nikkei never went back anywhere near to where it was before it blew up, uh, it, it didn't destroy their economy and it didn't destroy their country. But but somehow here, the people that have borrowed at that number bought stocks, bought buildings, bought baseball teams. If you, if you bought into the higher-end areas, you've made so much money doing this, you never wanted to go down. Because you and I can't do it. I mean, we can't... Well, of course, yeah. I, I can't. I can't play that sort of game. You can't play that sort of game. But the people who did, are go, they absolutely are wildly invested in making sure that that party never ends. Yeah, I mean, how do you how do you stop? I mean, we're starting to see policy by the people who. I mean, Kevin and I were talking about. It. I mean, I, you you look at the, uh, the the antitrust non policy. It's because the right. people running the place and contributing to all the people, and then actually are. are, are you know, forming the government, for lack of a better term, don't want any part of it. I trust there's the guys breaking the laws, and I, I think the same thing is is kind of with with the you know uh, gun control, even with the established laws that nobody nobody wants to enforce them. I mean, the, the Highland, I don't know if you saw this thing about the Highland Park where I think it was the Highland Park police knew about this kid and he was a total loser. They sent something to the state police saying he's a clear and present danger to him himself and others. And still, the guy got a Floyd card. Now, you know, here's yeah, but you know what they didn't do? They didn't haul him in front of a judge for a determination as to whether or not he was actually he, he was legally crazy. Well, that's what I was going to. My next question see, was going to be. But see, that's the problem. If you don't actually follow what the law says as procedure, you know, there's a civil confinement statute in every state in this country, right? And if they had done that, he, it's it's really hard to shoot people when you're sitting in the funny farm. Well. I don't know if they would have done it that far, but I mean, I guess my point is I don't even know what that letter to the state means. Does that mean? Well, neither do I. But yeah. you know what? What it didn't mean is that anybody actually did something. 
Yeah, what it did, what it did, whatever it meant, it didn't mean enough. Right? <laughs> oh, it didn't. It didn't mean it mean enough to make a difference, did it? No, and I actually think in this case, if he wouldn't have had the Floyd card, he probably couldn't have bought the stuff. You know, he might have got it somewhere else. He didn't look like he had that kind of resources. It was just too easy to own and buy it. Anyway, Carl. Well, uh, you know, then again, I mean, uh, you know, look, Highland Park has a has has a no assault weapon, quote unquote, assault weapon uh, law that's been on books for quite a while. Is uh, as, as do a few other you know towns in the Chicagoland area. Uh, UFO ID card does have your address on it. So how how did he uh, allegedly legally buy these guns? Yeah, I don't get that either. Maybe we'll find out, buddy. Take care of yourself. Have a nice weekend. Uh, SP futures down twenty, and Nasdaq down one twenty four. Again, the numbers came in three seventy five. We dug under them. We don't think it's that good of a report. Be back on Monday. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI ProDirect. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. CairoMed. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968. All right, brain. You don't like me and I don't like you. Well, let's just do this, and I can get back to killing you with beer. 